Hi, welcome. This is Gary Rogowski for the Northwest Woodworking Studio. Welcome to our podcast. Today's topic is on design, purpose versus intent. It's an interesting idea to consider. Most of us steal from uh, one source or another. Uh, the difference between a good designer and a bad one is are the, the sources that one steals from, I think. Um, design requires inspiration, but it's a reverential kind of theft. We, don't, we are not born with ideas bursting from our brain. We take in information with our eyes and senses and then come up with things that we consider to be our own. How much of this is based on what we've experienced is complete. I mean, that, that's, how we, that's how we get through the world, is by our understanding and experience. It's how we learn, and it's how design is done. So, give up on the idea of original ideas, but pursue the idea of, of coming up with your own way of doing things. So, how does an idea take shape? We are... Um, looking to come up with some sort of uh, design, let's say a a chair design or something. So where do we find our ideas? I start by looking, looking all around us, looking all around me. The world is a designed place. Whether you uh, work inside or work outside, every part of us that we engage with is designed by, by... either designer or whatever you consider to be a creator, nature and technology, both are designed. And so there's a wealth of information to be found by looking around. I, uh, When I had the Beagle, I would take him for walks every day, and um, there's always stuff to look at. Architecture, uh, buildings, uh, tree patterns, leaves, bugs, cars, um, you know, the way lights are set up in a big box store. You just got to have something to think about while you're standing in line there and just look up. There's so much to see. There's always stuff to be looking at and understanding. And understanding um, is the first step towards uh, becoming uh, a designer. So, just like with any discipline, whether it's music or literature or furniture design, uh, the best way is to start breaking down what you like, and then why do you like it? So, what are the things that you find appealing? And then try to figure out what are the elements of the, that thing that you like. Is it because the music is slow, or the music is fast, or the design is simple or the design is complex what are those things that make a difference to you so we learn this design vocabulary by breaking down its parts by observing and scanning and parsing and saying all right well this is what i like here and this is what i like here and understanding that for yourself is is very important when you're setting out to design something, um, it's important to allow yourself the time to play. So the, the time you spent uh, daydreaming and doodling with, with ideas is very important. Uh, it's not a linear path. 
this, this design work, this creative work. It is not a straight line that you can draw from point A to point B. And so the problem for woodworkers is that so much of their world is very left-brained. That is, it's very logical, it's very temporal, there's a, there's a clock ticking all the time. I want to get this done, then I want to get this done, and then this. And so we have lists and deadlines and all those things that left brain um, engineers like to have in their world. And it's, that's fine. That's how we get through the, through the day in the shop and we don't get hurt uh, and are productive. But how do you switch to a more creative side to come up with ideas that are pleasing? And not only pleasing to you, but pleasing to others and over time. Because that is the definition for me, of a classic. Um, you might have liked big hair back in the 80s, but does it, is it really a good look? Um, uh, or, or wearing that uh, Miami Vice sport coat pulled up, your sleeves pulled up tight on your arms. Is that really a good look? Um, so um, does it have legs is the question. Uh, I'm still listening to Miles Davis 60 years after he did work, and it still holds up. Uh, same is true with literature. There are some things, like Shakespeare, we continue to read because we can go back to it, and it still has meaning for us. So, how do we access that right side of the brain? There's a wonderful book called uh, Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain by Betty Edwards, written years ago. In it, she talks about shutting off the left side of your brain, shutting off the L mode, and accessing the R mode, the right side mode. And she has some exercises in order to do this. And I think it's really useful. Um, one of the issues, though, one of the things you want to step back from this um, exercise with is an understanding of what you're trying to do. So for a furniture maker, uh, I'm building a piece of furniture. I'm building a chair, let's say. Okay, well, there's lots of ways of building a chair. I can take a log and sit on it. Chair, there you go. Uh, I, I cut a back out of it, and now I've got a chair with a back. Okay. Take a chair designed for a king or a queen, and um, it's still a chair. But it has a completely different look and a completely different intention. And I think that is an important distinction to have in your head as you start to play around with ideas and designs. What's the intention of the piece? We know what the purpose is. A chair is a chair. Okay. But what does it mean when you come in the room and look at this chair? When you walk into a cheap hotel, cheap motel, You've never done it, right? Um, you walk into a cheap place and you see the furniture and you know immediately that the intention of that is to, is to make it barely comfortable and, uh, and then it's time to leave. Forgettable. Completely forgettable. There's nothing about that work that is designed to make you stop and say, oh, look at this. But you go into a uh, four-star hotel and you see things just strewn about the hallways, your beds, bedroom or... Um, salon that you have in your suite, the uh, the way the restaurant's appointed, and everything is designed to uh, get your attention or make you feel relaxed. There is always a uh, an idea behind design 
in, in those kinds of places. And that's what we're after. What or how do you want the viewer to feel when they come in and see your chair? What are the things that you want them to feel, essentially, when they see one of your designs? Do you want them to feel astonished or welcomed? I designed a chair one time for a uh, church, and it was uh, called a bishop's chair. Uh, the uh, priest and I had an interesting discussion about the chair because we realized that uh, if a bishop came um, to the parish, oftentimes uh, they were they were always investment, so lots of robes and stuff. But many of them were what we would what he and I referred to as big boned. So I kind of renamed this chair the big ass chair, um, so that someone with with a large frame could comfortably sit in it. So we needed to you know, stretch this piece out a little bit. The intention of the piece was ceremonial. The purpose was to provide some measure of comfort for someone, uh, for a large individual with a lot of clothes on. That's what you have to pay attention to. So how does the piece accomplish its purpose? Um, what are the things that you have to pay attention to in order to make the intention known? And those, those are the things I think you have to pay, pay close, to, uh, close attention to as you're doodling and sketching and coming up with, with ideas. Uh, if you have a particular uh, bent in mind, then one needs to uh, pay attention to that. Here's what I do. Uh, I ask the client, or ask myself, if I'm the client, uh, what am I trying to do with this piece? I want it to be, and I describe it in two or three words, I want it to be uh, country. I want it to have a country flavor. What does that mean to me? And then I want it to have a sturdy look. What does that mean to me? And I want it to be elegant at the same time. So country, sturdy, and elegant. I write those words down. Uh, and now it could be uh, fanciful and prancing and uh, uh, frivolous. And I've just described more of a Rococo piece. Um, but those are the ideas you need to have in your head. And so writing them down using language uh, is, is a, useful, uh, a useful method for keeping on track when you start your, your uh, design process. With that in mind, I go to, back to my purpose. Okay, so the chair is going to be how big? And it needs to be this wide. It has arms. It doesn't have arms. It's a rocker. It's not a rocker. All these things, I, these little questions I need to have answered um, before I continue on with designing. And I think one of the more, more important questions you can ask is, what's the size of the piece? And what are the proportions of the piece? Proportions are huge. I think that a lot of stuff happens when we walk in and take a look at a, a piece of furniture for the first time. A lot of information gets processed it, before we open our mouths. And this is, this, this is the pre-intellectual awareness that Robert Persig talks about in Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Um, if you haven't read Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, go out and get that book. Uh, it's, a, it's a very important book for me and um, was the inspiration for me writing my book, Handmade. And in it, Persick talks about the nature of quality. What is the nature of quality? And he thinks of it that 
there's an understanding of quality that is pre-intellectual. We know it before we can name it. Once we name it, then we've changed it by that, by the very nature of being objective about it. But it's more of a gut feeling. So when you walk in and your gut says, that's a good-looking chair, or it says, I don't want to go anywhere near that thing or sit in it, um, that's what has to happen. And you're in control. As the designer, you're in control. So how are you going to make someone feel when they come in and see the chair? Is it going to be bright red or is it going to be golden brown? Um, what's the color? What's the form? What's the, you know, what are the elements that make up this piece? But I, I do think we start with the proportions uh, as the most important thing. Now, you know, don't you? You know that we love certain kinds of proportions. If you take out your wallet... Uh, and look at your credit card, it is in a certain proportion. If you measure those proportions, you will find that it is in the golden ratio. That golden ratio, golden rectangle, has been used throughout design history to help design things like the Parthenon and Notre Dame in, in Paris. Uh, many painters use it, architects use it all the time. Um, there's a series of numbers called the Fibonacci series, which is a summation series. And those numbers, interestingly, uh, give us a golden ratio. So 1 plus 1 equals 2, 2 plus 1 equals 3, 3 plus 2 equals 5, 8, 13, 21, 34. Those numbers, once you get past a certain point, you start to uh, see that they have a ratio of 1.618. And what's interesting, if you divide it the other way, is 0.618. Hmm, this mathematics. So that ratio, that proportion, you can apply to a piece of furniture. There are many famous chairs that fit into that uh, golden ratio. And that can be used to your advantage. You may not like the golden ratio. Uh, I like whole number proportions that are close to the golden ratio, but not it exactly. So 3 to 5 is 0 0.6 uh, mathematically, but it's not exactly golden. It's a little bit off, but it's still a proportion that I like. And so I'll draw that box on my page as I'm designing to uh, have a sense of how my pieces is going to look when I first walk in the room, when I first see it. And I think that is the starting point. How do you engage with a viewer or yourself uh, on a visceral level so that when someone sees the piece, they go, yeah, like that. And I think the form is, is the starting point. So to back up a little bit, there's a difference between the purpose of the piece and its intention. It's very simple to say, here's a chair, sit down on that board that's sitting on top of a rock. There you go. <clears throat> But the intention of the piece can be something quite different. And bearing that in mind, I want this piece to be comfortable for uh, my partner to sit in while she nurses the child or you know, holds the grandchild or strokes the dog on her lap. Whatever that intention is, uh, that should be in mind as you design the piece. You're in control. That's the interesting part of this. It's not something you're not just being tossed along the ground as a designer. You're in control. Um, 
you search for inspiration. You try to come up with something that uh, feels good to you, inspirational to you, feels brand new and shiny, and then you work the heck out of it. So design is serendipitous in the form of inspiration. Ideas can just come to you at the strangest times. And then you have to work them out, and that's the hard work. Um, Trying out patterns, trying out different iterations, and those are the things that are important. So there's a difference. Pay attention to it, um, and I think you'll enjoy the the process a whole lot more and get better results, because that's what we're after, results. This has been Gary Rogowski for the Northwest Woodworking Studio. Thanks very much for listening. Our website is northwestwoodworking.com. Bye-bye.